0: Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, that you are having a great start uh, to your day. Um, It actually is um, April uh, 14th. Today And I actually am live from the beach on vacation, but figured I'd take a bit of time. Excuse me, Monday, April 12th. I'm live from the beach, but figured I'd take a little bit of time to talk Grizzlies basketball as I'm enjoying vacation this week. I'll tell you this, Grizzlies basketball on the beach is kind of fun. However, it hasn't been too much fun this weekend, though this offense continues to impress as far as its overall production. The unfortunate thing is over the past two games, our defense has been historically bad. We'll talk about that in the first segment. In the second segment, I want to look a little bit at, okay, so the Grizzlies have had two straight games in which they have been close uh, to either winning or losing the game, obviously, within the last five minutes of the game. We've seen a lot more of that recently since um, February. So how have the Grizzlies done compared to the rest of the NBA when it comes to those clutch moments being within five or less points? Winning or losing within the last five minutes of the game. We'll talk about how the Grizzlies perform, have performed in that specific segment of the game. And then the third segment, we'll preview tonight's game against the Bulls. You can find the show at Locked On Grizz, myself at Stats SEC, the podcast, wherever podcasts are available Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose for them to be available, that's where they will be. You can also find them on the new Odyssey app. And we ask that you review, subscribe, let us know what you think of the show. We always want to make sure that we are providing you with content that certainly is relevant to our listeners' preferences. So when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies, they were riding hot, are riding a, a very you know positive wave uh, of of great play. No pun intended. Um, you know, here recently off of their four wins in April, shooting the three ball at the at a clip that we have not seen before in franchise history. But another big thing was is that they were defending the three as well. And so coming into the game against New York and Philadelphia, the goal was for the Grizzlies to hopefully be able to continue their success against the Eastern Conference. Team. Teams finishing up a road trip on the West Coast with New York and then coming home against the Pacers. And the thing about it is this, is that the Grizzlies had done well. You know, you would figure that if you were facing the 76ers, then the Hawks, excuse me, then the Hawks, then the Knicks, that the Grizzlies would be able to find a way to win, excuse me, the Sixers, then the Heat, then the Hawks, and then the Knicks, the Knicks would be the team to beat. They would be the team that you would have the easiest chance to beating in in that stretch of games. You also thought that the Pacers, based off record, would be a team that the Grizzlies would be able to, you know, handle pretty, not necessarily handle pretty easily, but that they should be able to, if they continued playing like they had been over the past 10 days they'd be able to handle the Indiana Pacers as well. Unfortunately, they went 0-2 over the weekend. The thing is, is that this Grizzlies team, they actually continued to play offense well. If you go back to their game against the Hawks, the Grizzlies have now scored 125 or more points in three straight games. That's a franchise record. They legitimately have scored 125 straight points in three straight games, which when the Grizzlies do that, Typically, that's a very good chance that they're going to win that game. Coming into that game against the Hawks, if we go back three games, the Grizzlies would have scored, before that game, the Grizzlies had scored 125 or more points 45 times in the history of the franchise. That's correct. they had only scored 125 or more points 45 times in the history of the franchise. In those 45 games, before the game against the Hawks, the Grizzlies were 39-5, or excuse me, they were 38-6. and six. They're now 39-8 because they've gone 1-2 and two despite setting a franchise record for 125 or more points scored in consecutive games. The reason why is because now the Grizzlies, for only the second time, in franchise history, have allowed an opponent to score 130 or more points in consecutive games, including overtimes. And the thing about it is this, is that, yes, it was bad defense against Indiana. That's the thing about it. But against New York for 40 minutes, this team looked really well. The offense was clicking. Ja Morant had the best shooting performance from three of his career, four or five from three. He had consecutive games in which he had 20 or more points and five or more rebounds, which was very good. He didn't have to sit here and take over the game because he was so Supported by great play from Jonas Valanciunas and others, but he certainly played his part. It wasn't where the Grizzlies were winning in, you know, while Jaw was kind of having an off night. The support came from Ja, obviously, as you would ideally want for it to, for this Grizzlies team to win these games. But the problem is, is that in the last few minutes of the New York game... And the whole game against Indiana, the Grizzlies just did not have an answer. In the New York game, the Grizzlies did a very good job of limiting Julius Randle and um, uh, R.J. Barrett. The Grizzlies are the Knicks' primary two producers on offense a lot of times. They did a great job containing them for about 40 minutes of the game. It was Emmanuel quickly, and it was Derrick Rose off the bench that gave the Grizzlies a hard time. But the problem is, is that late in the game, the Grizzlies just could not stop them. Julius Randle eventually wound up with a triple-double, and R.J. Barrett wound up making several key shots You know, um, and, and late in this stretch of games to have over 20 for the game and be the difference for the Grizzlies. Against Indiana, obviously, Indiana has had the Grizzlies card for quite a while now, but so is Karis Levert. Karis Levert on Sunday night was able to score Thirty-four points on two of six from three and fourteen or twenty from the field. Now, if you remember correctly, though it was on the Nets earlier this year when the Grizzlies came to Memphis, he scored forty-three points in a game against the the uh, the Grizzlies, and he also scored twenty-nine against them in the in the third game of the season against the Nets. He's them, faced them three times this year, and his minimum scoring output in those three games have been twenty-nine points. So, one of the things that just happened against Indiana is that Karis Lavert is one of those players who had had the Grizzlies number all year. And of course, as we remember earlier this season, their third game back from their hiatus uh, back back, uh, starting when they returned on January 30th, the Grizzlies lost to the Pacers that night as well by a big margin. So yes, you can kind of say in the the second game of this weekend, the Pacers had the Grizzlies number, and, and of course, you know, Karis LeVert had the Grizzlies number as well. But the thing is, is that our offense is finding that balance. Our offense is finding the balance that Taylor Jenkins had wanted them to find through the first five games in April the Grizzlies made 14 or more threes they were finding success shooting from three and that was the, what allowed for them to play such good offense in last night's game the key was getting back to the paint 88 points in the paint a franchise record for the Grizzlies the problem is though is that the other areas in which they typically find success ch- second chance points so the Grizzlies did um you know have one of the highest um uh Second-chance points, I believe that they set a franchise record for second-chance points as well last night. 24 rebounds, one of the highest amounts in franchise history. The problem is is that the Grizzlies' offense last night went back to their roots. Second-chance points, points off turnovers, scoring in the paint. They did that at historically high levels, but the problem was, was that last night and also against the Knicks late in the game... The Grizzlies went back to struggling to prevent the three ball from from not being made. That is the key that really did in the Grizzlies against the Knicks, besides the missing free throws against the Knicks, but also against the Pacers, is that the Grizzlies allowed for the three ball to be made at a high clip and at a clip that they could not match themselves. In the game against the Knicks, there were several late key threes from the Knicks that allowed for them to pull even with the Grizzlies and pull ahead, while the Grizzlies could not make many themselves. Against the Pacers, there was a differential of 13 threes made by the Pacers versus six made by the Grizzlies. Yes, the Grizzlies made up for it a little bit on second chance points and points in the paint, but at the end of the day, it comes back to a few things that we've talked about previously that really hurt the Grizzlies in March. Their offense is playing great. The offense is doing exactly what Coach Jenkins is wanting to do, and it's producing at historically wonderful paces, though maybe not sustainable. The key is is that the balance is there. The Grizzlies know they can win the game shooting the three, or they can win the game in the paint, and depending on what the defense that is facing them is doing, they're going to be able to pick and choose how they want to win, and they have the confidence now to know they can win that way. The issue is, is that if the Grizzlies are choosing to go that route. And if they're especially choosing to go in the paint and score, they've got to be able to defend the three. And last night's game against Indiana, the Indiana did not do as well as the Grizzlies did on second chance points and points in the paint. But they made 13 13- threes compared to the Grizzlies six threes. That's a 21 point differential and the Grizzlies just were not able to find enough twos to make it up at that time. So that's the big thing is that no matter if the Grizzlies are shooting threes or they're finding production in the paint the way for this team to win is going to be again consistently defending the three and that's what's kind of hurt them. Besides lack of overall effort in general that's what's kind of hurt them late in the game against the Knicks as well as against the Pacers was their inability to defend the three. So the Grizzlies' play of late has been wonderful. Their offense is certainly clicking at a high level, and it's awesome to see. That's exactly what you want to see as you're going into a stretch run for this Grizzlies team and as you really want to try to, against a tough schedule, steal some wins that you know are going to be important when you get closer to the end of the season, especially in these play-in game scenarios where it's so critical for the Grizzlies to keep the eighth spot. But if they're not defending the three, you're also going to wind up giving up games that you should have won and I do think that while these games aren't necessarily that bad, you know, in terms of, you know, their overall impact, they are against Eastern Conference teams, yes you have had some upsets, so that kind of offsets these disappointing losses it definitely is frustrating to see the Grizzlies lose two games where their offense played so well and that they easily should have won but the other thing that's come up a bit over the past few games that, you know, is kind of interesting to see, how the Grizzlies have performed in clutch time, yes the Grizzlies have done quite well in the second half as of late, but do the numbers show that in close game situations, this team is actually performing well when it comes to clutch opportunities, making the most in scenarios where they have a chance to win the game late? Coming up, we'll look a further a bit further into that, see how the Grizzlies rank against the NBA, but also who stands out as being a really clutch performer for this Grizzlies team. You are the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on in Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent easy and fa- fast and easy. Tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately, and Indeed Skills Tests that on average reduces hiring time by twenty-seven percent. You could choose from have from more than one hundred and thirty skills tests or add your own. Then add your must have requirements so only so you only pay for applications that that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com/locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com/locked. Indeed.com/locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Again, if you're ready to hire, you need Indeed. So it's now April, so of course we are a few weeks past the determination of the Bilt Bar March Challenge winner, which was Coconut Brownie Chunk. But the thing about it is this, is that while that was voted as the best tasting protein bar at BiltBar.com, you have over 18 different flavors to choose from yourself, if that's not your forte. If you're someone that enjoys Cookie Dough Chunk, or others, Mint Brownie Chunk, there's a whole bunch of different tastes that are there and it's likely that at least one of them is going to meet your preferences. And the great thing about Bilt Bar is that in general, it's such a versatile product. Have it in the morning for breakfast. Have it have it in the afternoon as a snack. Have it before and after a workout. No matter when you choose to enjoy it, Built Bar is certainly going to add value to your day, being a healthy snack that also tastes very good. And the great thing is, if you go to builtbar.com right now and you use the promo code LOCK15, that's LOCK15, you're actually going to be able to find the ability to add Bilt Bar to your day at a discount. Again, go to BiltBar.com for use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order from Bilt Bar. Get all the sports news you need in 20 minutes or less with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Honesty app or wherever you get podcasts. So if you recall earlier this season, uh, the Grizzlies, um, you know, again, it's the they're right now in the midst of setting, you know, some history, some franchise history when it comes to how well they've shot the three, how many points they've been scoring. The offense is just clicking on all cylinders right now. Well, if you go back to when the Grizzlies returned to their season after a 12-day hiatus due to COVID-19 back on January 30th, the Grizzlies went, they went uh, 18 straight games. In which they score in which the difference in the margin of victory. The Grizzlies went 18 straight games where the margin of victory in those games was nine or more points. Sixteen of those games was determined by double digits. So the reason I bring that up is because there was all there was over a month or so of games where the Grizzlies basically did not have any clutch moments at all. They just didn't experience any clutch moments because the games were so, you know, were already well determined late into the fourth. But the Grizzlies certainly have had their fair share of clutch moments since then. Obviously the game against the Milwaukee Bucks, the game against the Denver Nuggets, there were two games against the U- the Utah Jazz. They've been they've also lost a couple games here recently obviously against the Knicks and the Pacers. Well the thing is is that the Grizzlies though it may seem like they haven't had that many instances this year in which they've had clutch moments in which they've been in close games, the Grizzlies actually have. They've had 20 23 games this year in which they have had clutch games and what by clutch what i mean is is that the score was in, within five or less points win or lose within the five within the last 5 minutes of the game according to nba.com so the grizzlies are, are 11 and 12 in those games they they are they're tied uh, at 20, 20 for 21st in the league when it comes to the most games, 23, of being in clutch moments. But the thing about it is this, is that though the Grizzlies are 11-12, one thing that stands out is that they certainly have had their trouble when it comes to scoring within those last five minutes of the game. The reason that I say that is because the Grizzlies are actually 27th in scoring, when or 27th in um, on three-point shooting percentage, when it comes to clutch moments, that's a big thing that stands out. The one thing that's kind of we've struggled at with all year in terms of shooting the three has stood out again as being an area of concern in those clutch moments. The Grizzlies um, basically are 12 of 49 from three in clutch moments, you know, over this season, and that really stands out because you know, as we mentioned, that's something that hurt them against New York. That's something that hurt them against Indiana. Other teams are able to shoot the three, but the Grizzlies, excuse me, they're 28th, but the Grizzlies at 24.5% from three. They just don't have the ability to shoot the three in clutch moments, and that's really stood out, especially when you're close in those games and you're trying to win. If you're in a situation where you're matching your opponent's ability to score with twos, but your opponent is sitting here and they're scoring threes, then, you know, it, you're kind of at a disadvantage and of course in clutch moments there's not as much time to make it up again the grizzlies 12 of 49 from 3 on 24.5% shooting overall they are they are their field goal percentage is at 38.6% which ranks itself 19th in the league Excuse me, 27th in the league. So the Grizzlies overall, when it comes to their ability to score in clutch moments, they're 27th in the league when it comes to field goal percentage, 28th in the league when it comes to three-point field goal percentage. So the Grizzlies' inability to score in the clutch so far this year is what has made it hard for them to win some of these close games. Though overall, they're 11-12, and 12 and they've done decently defensively, they just have not been able to find the right stroke the right stroke from the field in order to score Can Consistently. And it does. And the reason why is because they just have not had anybody really step up. Overall, in terms of clutch moments this year, the Grizzlies, here's how some of their players stack up. Dylan Brooks is 17 of 45. From the field, thirty-seven point eight percent in the clutch. Seven of twenty from three. John Morant, twelve of thirty-eight from the field, thirty-one point six percent in the clutch. Zero of seven from three. Jonas Valanciunas, he had he's he's only gotten seventeen shot attempts in 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 um uh, let's see here sixty-four minutes total in the clutch and shooting fifty percent from three. Kyle Anderson, four of nineteen from the field, zero of five from three. So that's what you've got right there. This Grizzly. Least team in the clutch out of a total of nearly 90 shot attempts in the clutch this season so far. Dylan Brooks, John Morant, and Kyle Anderson—the three guys who are shooting the mo- or who are shooting the most attempts in the clutch—they are shooting 37.8%, 31.6%, and 21.1%. They are also a total of seven of 32 from three. In the clutch. When your top three shot makers are producing that badly in the clutch, you're not going to beat many good teams late. That's the thing that stood out about the Grizzlies is that a lot of their wins have just simply be- been because the they were playing a lower caliber team that night when the Grizzlies have won in the clutch this year. They were playing a lower uh, lower caliber team that night in terms of talent. And that other team's offense was even more atrocious than the Grizzlies' offense has been. But when the Three top, when your three most frequent shooters in the clutch are not hitting their shots at all, like neither Dylan Brooks, John Morant, or Kyle Anderson have been doing, it makes it hard for you to produce in the clutch. But you know what stands out about the clutch? You know what really seems to be making a difference? Is the Grizzlies bench. Now, that may be because of the fact that they're entering these games at different times and based off different ways of playing, you know, they, they, they're they're not necessarily the bench themselves, the bench unit itself is not necessarily playing together during these clutch minutes. It's just that the that the depth of the Grizzlies bench has had to step up at different times to play because of people not being available or because in that specific matchup it made sense to play the bench players. But the grid the grizzlies, the two grizzlies who have had the best plus minus within clutch time this year are DeAnthony Melton at a plus 23 and Xavier Tillman at a plus 11. Now, they've played a total of 28 combined minutes in the clutch, but the thing is, is that if they've produced that well in such a small fraction of an amount of time playing in the clutch, whereas our main players, the players who have played the most minutes, Dylan Brooks is at a negative 29, Kyle Anderson is at a negative 21, Jonas Valanciunas is at a negative 24, and John Moran is at a negative 27. That should tell you that our starting lineup has really struggled again because of its ability and inability to score in the clutch. So though the Grizzlies overall are 11 and 12, which is not that bad. In terms of clutch situations, if you look at the difference between how they've played against teams lower than, you know, at lower talent levels versus teams at higher talent levels, the Grizzlies have not had that much success in the clutch against teams of equal or better talent. And the reason why is because of their inability to score. Well, hopefully that will not continue tonight as the Grizzlies face another tough Eastern Conference opponent in the Chicago Bulls. Though the Bulls themselves have not had that much success as they had hoped since they made the trade for Nicola. Vucevic and others at the trade deadline, they still certainly are a formidable opponent. Coming up, we'll talk a bit more about the Grizzlies' ability to get back on the winning track tonight. A big key is is that they can continue to find their offensive stroke, hopefully they'll have a bit easier time containing the Bulls until you get to the fact that we've got to face Zach Levine. Coming up, we'll discuss how the Grizzlies might find some success and how they're going to need to remain offensively capable tonight as they face one of the best scores in the NBA. Certainly a a fun sports weekend with baseball in full swing, the Masters going on, obviously WrestleMania as well. So many different sporting events are going on, even though football, college football, and college basketball are now in the rearview mirror. But whatever athletes you love and whatever teams you cheer for, if wagering and betting is part of what makes you have fun as a fan, I've got the place that has you covered, and that is Online. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports actions. It even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, if you use the promo code LOCKED ON and head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbooks experts. Visit betonline.com today. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage four days a week from credential draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So tonight, the Grizzlies will be playing another stretch of games in which they will have four uh, games back to back. If you go back to last Tuesday, actually, the Grizzlies played on Tuesday night. They played on Wednesday night. They played on Friday night. So that was three games in four nights. Now they turn around and have another stretch in which they have a game on Sunday and Monday. So six games in eight nights. But let's see here. Actually, five games in seven nights for. The Grizzlies. So another stretch of uh, a very tough stretch of the schedule, and that will go on tonight as the Grizzlies face the Chicago Bulls, and the Bulls themselves will actually be a familiar opponent for the Grizzlies as the Grizzlies will face them both tonight in Memphis, and then they'll turn right around and face them on Friday when they begin their seven-game road trip, the road trip that myself, Drew Hill, last week, many others have talked about. I know Evan Barnes has talked about it as well, Uh, but, you know, just the seven-game road trip where it's the Grizzlies facing really tough opponents that many of us feel is going to be a big determining factor in where exactly the Grizzlies wind up in terms of their playoff pursuits. (coughs) Excuse me. But as of tonight, when it comes to The game against the Chicago Bulls. This Bulls team is a bit different from looking at a team over the entire season like you would with a lot of Grizzlies' opponents. This is one of the teams where the Grizzlies' second half schedule became even tougher in terms of teams it's going to face multiple times because the Chicago Bulls obviously were probably, in my opinion, one of the most active, yet one of the biggest winners at the 2021 trade deadline. Obviously, bringing over Nikola Vucevic, which arguably was the biggest move of the trade deadline, as well as Troy Brown and a few other bench pieces. But the thing is, unfortunately for the Bulls, yes, their goal was to make a playoff push this year. But as of right now, their playoff push has only resulted in them being in the tenth spot in the East when it comes to the play-in game. And so, while the Bulls certainly still have playoff aspirations in place, their overall efforts to start off the Vucevic Zach Levine era has not been there. They're three and six. Yes, they are twelfth in the league with a one thirteen offensive rating since they made the trade for Vucevic. But they also are at a one sixteen defensive rating over that stretch as well. And the thing is, is that this team is shooting the ball well. They're fifth. 50- in the league in field goal percentage since they made the trade for Nikola Vucevic, but unfortunately over that time frame, Zach Levine himself has started to struggle a bit from the field. He did have that 50-point outburst against Atlanta the other night, but it came in a 12-point loss. This team did beat Toronto, they beat Indiana, and they beat Brooklyn three games in a row recently, but overall, three and six since they acquired Nikola Vucevic, and a big reason why is because Zach Levine has is, is kind of faltered a bit Um over the past stretch of ten games, he's only averaging twenty four point nine points compared to compared to around twenty nine points uh, per game before that, and he's shooting for, just under forty five percent from the field and under thirty two percent from three. This is a guy who clearly was on a stretch in which he was arguably one of, if not the best, scorers in the NBA, and he's fallen into a stretch here where he's kind of you know I don't know if it's fatigue, maybe it's a bit of a wall that he's run into, but one thing that stands out about the Bulls is that over. Overall, though they are scoring a decent clip and making several of their shots, they've struggled from three recently compared to to where they have been during the season. And a lot of it is because Zach Levine overall has struggled himself. So for the Grizzlies, the big thing for them tonight is that you know they basically just need to keep playing as they've been playing. The Bulls are going to score with Vucevic and Levine and others. Kobe White, at different stretches, this Bulls team is going to score. However, they're not shooting the ball that well. For From three. Yes, the Grizzlies did struggle against the Pacers, but if the Grizzlies can find any semblance, this would be the perfect night for the Grizzlies to be able to find that balance, get their 50 to 60 points in the paint, maybe on 25 of 33s, make 40% of them and defend the three well themselves. If the Grizzlies can simply do the things that they did well at the beginning of August or the beginning of April, but they don't necessarily have to do it at a historic clip, they can certainly win this. Game, but the other big thing is this: is that the Grizzlies are going to have to is going to have to figure out what to do defensively. They're going to have to figure out either you need to stop the teams in the paint or you're going to have to stop the team from the outside. I don't think the Grizzlies are going to necessarily completely shut down Levine or Vucevic, but it would go a long way for them to be able to at least limit one of the two, especially if they can make Levine struggle from three. If the Grizzlies can make Levine have a hard time finding his shot tonight, that puts the game in the hands of Vucevic, who I think the Grizzlies may be able to do a decent job against at the very least, making it to where they can make to contest his shots and really try to make it to where if he's going to find success, it's from the lane. Overall, when it comes to this Grizzly, when it comes to Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine, they are combining for nearly 13 and a half threes per game. If the Grizzlies can find a way to contest a lot of those shots, I think they're going to have success. So the key tonight for the Grizzlies is this it's simply contesting three point shots. Find your offensive balance, see if you can continue how well you've scored, get to that 115 point uh, mark. We know that when the Grizzlies get to that 115 point mark, their chances of winning really go up. The way that they can complement that, though, is getting as many contested threes in place for what Levine and Nikola Vucevic uh, attempt, and I think that's where they're going to find some success been a pleasure being with you this Monday morning. Hope that you get your week off to a great start. Again, I don't want to brag, but the rest of my day is going to be enjoyed. Looking at the beach, and I can't wait for it. But I hope that you have a great start to your day wherever you are. Again, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats I C C, the podcast wherever it's available. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen. Please listen, subscribe, review, let us know what you think of the show, and we always enjoy giving you the content we feel is relevant to your listening preferences. Hope you have a great start to your week, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast.